dusty road, tramps a soldier with his load. Guillermo Mash reporting for KZFR 90.1 FM Chico, listener-supported community radio for the Sacramento Valley, the foothills, and beyond. Our background musical track is the opening scene of Soldier's Tale as the North State Symphony returns to live performances at Laxon Auditorium. As recorded on Sunday, September 26, by Dan Carter, host of O Dark 30 and Studio 416 here on Community Radio 90.1 FM. Up next, excerpts from the September 28th Tuscan Water District public hearing at the Butte County Board of Supervisors meeting here on item is not for us to form a district. We don't form districts at the county level. That's LAFCO's job. We simply are going to listen to everybody, listen to the presentation, and either recommend to write a letter in support or not. That's it. That's what's before us today. That was Board Chair Bill Connolly of the Butte County Board of Supervisors with Tuesday's opening statements for the public hearing on the proposed Tuscan Water District. District 2 Supervisor Lacero followed Connolly's statement with this clarifying question. Can I clarify, Chair Connolly, will there be also time for an opposition presentation as well? We're not having presentations by anybody because we got requests on both sides and all we're doing is considering writing a letter. Christina Buck, Interim Director at Butte County Water and Resource Conservation, framed the proposed TWD and consolidated the department's recommendations and stipulations with those from the Butte County Water Commission. The public weighed in with 55 public comments, 20 in favor and 35 opposed, followed by comments and discussions by the four supervisors in attendance. A motion was made by Supervisor Kimmelshue to submit a letter of approval for the TWD to include all of the recommendations and stipulations presented by Buck. The motion passed 3 to 1. Guillermo Mash here in the KZFR studios, and that was a distillation of the three-hour public hearing on the proposed Tuscan Water District. The Tuscan Water District proposal wasn't reviewed during the public hearing. You may access all of the TWD documents, including the proposal and Resolution 17-170 at Tuscan, that's T-U-S-C-A-N, waterdistrict.com slash documents. Good afternoon, Chair Conley, members of the board, Christina Buck, Interim Director of Butte County Department of Water and Resource Conservation. Um, I'll just frame this up briefly, um, but keep things moving. So as you know, LAFCO received an application for a new water district called to be called the Tuscan Water District in June. Um, this was initiated by a landowner voter petition, uh, which means that a majority of landowners signed a petition to support the Tuscan Water District formation in the proposed area. Uh, the proposed district is about 102,000 acres, with petitioners representing just over 57,000, which is about 56% of the of the proposed district area. So after that, um, LAFCO deemed the application complete and notified local agencies and requested comments and recommendations. Um, and so this included Butte County, county departments, public health, uh, development Services, Public Works, as well as the Water Commission and the Board received comment forms from LAFCO asking them to evaluate and provide comments on the application. So 
Um, staff from those departments responded to those comments. Those forms are included in your packet. And staff prepared information, myself, for discussion and potential recommendation by the Water Commission um, on, on this matter. So the Water Commission considered comments and discussion, heard public comment at their meeting August 4th, as well as um, on September 1st. And there, there were four real main, main questions posed by LAFCO for consideration. They included, what effect, if any, will this proposal have on the operations and functions of your agency? Secondly, does your agency believe the formation of the proposed Tuscan Water District will help or hinder the overall management of surface irrigation water and groundwater resources within the county and the region? Third, should the Tuscan Water District be approved and formed, would your agency be willing to enter into cooperative agreements or studies with the Tuscan Water District to examine methods of maintaining or enhancing local groundwater supplies? And fourth, would you agree or disagree that the proposed formation of the Tuscan Water District would be a threat to the overall agricultural water supply in Butte County or otherwise compromise the ability of existing local water agencies to protect the current water supply available to the residents and irrigation water users in Butte County? So along with Butte County, um, other local agencies were also requested comments. This included the Vina Groundwater Sustainability Agency. And so their advisory committee also discussed the matter um, at their meeting in August. And it was agendized um, for the Vina GSA to discuss it, um, discuss providing comments to LAFCO on September 8th. The Vina GSA board pulled the item from their agenda and will not be submitting comments to LAFCO at this time. So. Um, that brings us to today. Today's agenda item, you have been asked, as, as Chair Connolly said, to provide comments to LAFCO. We have heard over the last couple months through these different public venues and, and processes a number of issues of concern. And the Water Commission included four of them in their um, recommendation. One, this, this issue of representation within the district and its voting structure that allows power of decision making to reside with large landowners. And so there's great concern regarding future harm and cost burden to small landowners within the district. Um, secondly, that activities and projects of the Tuscan Water District may include out of sub-basin water transfers. Third, um, concerns about the potential privatization of the aquifer by activities and projects of the future district if it's formed. And fourth, projects pursued by the district could have huge financial and environmental impacts on landowners, the county as a whole, or other entities within the county. And so in addition to concerns, there's also been um, many voices of support, including really identifying the new district as, as a vehicle that could help fill a current data gap or a current gap in water management in the county. Um, and their ex expressed interest in being a proactive part of the solution in addressing groundwater concerns and, and groundwater sustainability in the Vina Subbasin. So you have a number of recommendations for your consideration today. It includes the um, resulting letter based on the Water Commission's uh, recommendations that both communicate concerns to LAFCO and also express support for two conditions um, that LAFCO could consider imposing um, if the district was formed to try to address those concerns. Those include a condition that that says that any water imported into the district will remain in the district. And secondly, that projects and pro programs conducted by the district should be consistent with projects and management actions or implementation activities that are described in the relevant groundwater sustainability plan, which would be either in Vina Subbasin or the Butte Subbasin. So um, in addition to the Water Commission recommendation comments, um, staff has also recommended that 
We provide comment to LAFCO regarding the western boundary, that it should be defined based on um, the county boundary, not the Sacramento River. This would make it consistent with the Vinus Basin, meaning that if the district was formed, it would be fully within both the county and the Vinus Basin. And then thirdly, um, the other department comments and submission forms um, would be submitted to LAFCO as well. So again, just reiterating, the board does not have authority to either approve or deny this application. Really, the board's purview here today is to provide comments to LAFCO on this application. It's, it's an information gathering phase of LAFCO's process to hear from local agencies what their concerns are, potential solutions, and, um, and communicate those to LAFCO. And finally, I'll just wrap up. Um, there is a representative from of the applicants. Mr. Giesentaner is here, and he is available to answer questions of the board. Guillermo Mash here, reporting for KZFR 90.1 FM on Tuscan Water District public hearing held during the Butte County Board of Supervisors meeting. We just heard from Christina Buck, Interim Director at Butte County Water and Resource Conservation. Buck's presentation was followed by 55 public comments, 20 in favor and 35 opposed. We simply don't have the airtime for the public comment portion. To view them and the entire meeting, go to ButteCounty.net. The first speaker after public comments was District 2 Supervisor Debla Lucero. I would just like to go over some of, of the comments. So basically, um, what we've heard today is that this process started shortly after um, Sigma became law in 2014. It started in 2015, and our former director of the water department went to a, a group of farmers here and encouraged them to organize and to start a water district. They, he encouraged them because he put a lot of fear out there that if a water district was not formed that the state was going to come in and control the groundwater for them. That they would be limited, that they would be um, under the thumb of the state. And where is he now? He is working at the state. He's in charge of Sigma. He also put forward a resolution and that we keep hearing, it's been referenced many times today, that was 17170. And what that resolution did, it never had a public hearing, was never heard publicly, was on the consent agenda. And what it did basically is give over Butte County's rights to all of the white areas in the county. Those are the areas that are currently not served by a water district and it gave over all those rights in the Vina Subbasin. That, that huge decision went on the consent agenda at a time when um, actually Supervisor Connolly wasn't even here, he was the chair, and he was probably the most familiar with all of the water issues in the county at that time. So that set it up. And I don't, you know, I don't blame the farmers for being upset for being led down this path and for spending a lot of money and to try to organize this district. They were, they were led down this path. But the question is why? Why were they led down this path when we are in the middle of Sigma, when he knew Sigma was coming, when he knew that there would be plans, both on the conservation side, that there would possibly be importation of surface water from other areas because that's what a lot of the other GSAs are doing in San Joaquin and in other areas of the state. And those plans are actually being rejected right now by DWR for that reason, because that's not considered sustainable. So what happened? 
Paul and a guy named John O'Farrell, who is the consultant for TWD, actually decided that there was another way to form a California water district, because it takes years to form a California water district. It takes millions of dollars, typically. And they decided to give a presentation about how to do this, and it was called Navigating Sigma, Navigating County Processes and LAFCO in the Age of Sigma. And they gave that presentation to, um, at an aqua uh, conference, which was um, a conference of water attorneys down in, I'm not sure where this was held, but this was in April of 2019. We still, as a board, had never even heard about the Tuscan Water District. It had never come before us, hadn't even been presented to us. But our former water director presented it to a group of attorneys, along with John O'Farrell, about utilizing LAFCO as a way to form a water district. Guillermo Mash here, pausing a moment for some commentary. Supervisor Lacero represents the district I live in, District 2. I applaud and appreciate the hundreds of hours she has dedicated towards researching this issue and educating the public on the nuts and bolts. Her efforts greatly enhance public awareness and input on the TWD, which is precisely what a supervisor should be doing for the benefits of their constituents, particularly when District 2 comprises the bulk of the proposed TWD map. Lucero has well-grounded concerns and a myriad of collaborating evidence highlighting efforts to stifle public input on the TWD while serendipitously using the public resource of Butte Water and Resource Conservation in the pursuit of the district's creation back in 2019. All this in combination with the passing of Resolution 17-170 without public input lends strong evidence that the Board of Supervisors have failed to follow the regulatory intent set forth by the Public Utilities Commission for Transparency, as well as shirking the county's responsibility for authorizing the creation of the district. It's also important for the public to know, in light of consistent public messaging by TWD and some electeds, that stating the TWD is only being formed to carry out Sustainable Groundwater Management Act, SIGMA project management actions, is misleading. Resolution 17-170 also provides that the TWD has the authority to utilize all of the powers and duties as a special water district for water purveyance and other ancillary activities. This interpretation has been reinforced within numerous public comments by water policy experts and forms the crux of concern. Why are we giving a private entity weighted towards the largest landowner's Control over the Tuscan Aquifer. Now back to Supervisor Lacero from the TWD public comments hearing held on September 28th at the Butte County Board of Supervisors meeting. Um, in September of 2019, that's when we first heard about the water district. And that was when the first presentation was made actually by Paul Goslin and Darren Rice at the Rock Creek Reclamation District meeting. And I was there. And it was the first time that I had heard about this plan. Rich McGowan and Darren Rice had come to see me to show me um, AGUBC members, but they didn't mention that they were forming a district. I had no idea that that's why they were there visiting me. And maybe they thought I actually knew about this district, but I didn't. I didn't know about it because I had never been told about it. 
Paul had failed to tell me that this district was forming in my district, primarily. So after I, I went to that district, or at, to that meeting, that was the first public meeting, then there was a second public meeting that was in Durham. And that meeting was held in there, and that was the second time that this had been rolled out. And by that time, I got together with our former CAO and asked, when does a private group of pay-to-play farmers utilize our director of water and conservation resources to help form a new district? Since when does that happen? How does that happen? And I was assured that that was not happening, that actually Paul had nothing to do with that. And yet, he was sending out the, the newsletters about it, he was sending out the releases, he was presenting, co-presenting with John O'Farrell and, um, and Darren and Rich. And so I said, no, we, we are involved in this. We are involved in this because they're doing it. So when we all sat down and talked about it after that, Paul was told to pull back from that because it could be seen as a giving of a public funds to help pr create a brand new district, help a group of farmers organize, which he had primarily been doing since 20, probably about 2015, because I've, I've gone through stacks, stacks of emails here, and there's thousands, there's thousands, um, between AGUBC, attorneys, Paul, our water department talking about the formation of this district. But we didn't know about it as a board. And the public didn't know about it. And that's why people are upset. And that's why people t are here today. Because there's never been a public, hey, we have an overdraft problem. How are we going to solve this? That's probably the way it should have gone. But it didn't. And so now we're down this road. So back to the question, why, why, would, why would a director of our department want to help a group of farmers form a new California water district, which is very difficult to do? Well, they thought of this new idea, LAFCO. So they tried it out. They tried it out over in Glynn County, and they created Monroeville. We heard it mentioned here today. Same kind of district, much smaller. I think there's only nine. Uh, owners, something like that, and six contiguous properties. So it's very small. It's not like this one, which has 6,500 people, is next to a city of 110,000 people, and a city that is completely dependent on groundwater. It's a completely different situation. So I started looking at all of these things and trying to understand what is the motive here? What what is the motive for this to happen? And I believe the motive on the part of the farmers is true. They're trying to protect their way of life. They're trying to protect their heritage. They're trying to protect their ability to make a living. They're trying to do what they think they need to do because they were told, you better do this or the state's going to come in and do it for you. So I believe that their interests are true. I also believe that the interests of Chico and the citizens next to that basin and the domestic well owners. Somebody said earlier, we're going to watch out for the domestic well owners. Well, I know a farmer who actually um, was having issues with a well. 
And he went down 800 feet, no problem. That was for his domestic use, because he could, because a lot of domestic well owners don't have that opportunity to go that deep if they have problems. But let's get back to the motive. Um, I think somebody uh, mentioned, Marty Dunlap mentioned uh, surface water law, and groundwater law is in its infancy. In the same group of emails that I reviewed, there were legal questions about surface water and groundwater. And just as an example, I just want to show you what happens. This is our aquifer. Pumping accounts for about 243,000 acres of groundwater. TWD wants to solve for 10,000 acre feet of groundwater. That's 3% approximately, 3, 4%. This is 96 ounces. This represents less than 3% of that water. If they do recharge projects, which they have mentioned more than 20 times in their application, into our aquifer, and they put less than 3% into our aquifer, guess who owns that water? Let me, you don't have to guess. Um, Paul Goslin wrote in emails to our department that there's a twist. Recharged groundwater is not groundwater. Recharged groundwater is not groundwater. That means that this water is no longer groundwater. That's not correct. I got to step in here. Only the amount you put in, and that's uh, that's new water law. It's up and down the state. If you do a direct recharge, you're going to own the amount that you recharge. Except that. And we don't, so I've never supported that here. I, I mean, never, you're just off on a wild goose chase uh, somewhere. No, I'm not, Chair Connolly. I appreciate your, your you know, opinion. I, I, I mean, I, I said, I was in, I met with these guys way before any of this was formed. I found them to be genuine, I, I looking out genuine. at their future. I never saw Paul Goslin ever do anything that would be uh, to advance his career or do any of these things, these accusations you're throwing out here. Somebody's got to defend these people. Okay, I mean, all right, you but, can't but, just keep but, doing that. No, but I need to set, this is the first time we've had a public hearing about these things and it's been going on for five years, five years. And, and part of the, the reason, when I go back to a reason, I'm not blaming it on Paul Goslin. I'm not blaming it on the farmers. But what I have come to understand through many other folks around here, especially this year with a year when we are pumping 60% of our groundwater because of the drought, it is, it is in the benefit of the state of California, DWR, to try to get our aquifer into the, integrate it into their system. And the best way to do that, they don't want to deal with a thousand people. They want to deal with a handful of people that have the resources to work with them. They're already doing that on the other side of the river. And I'm personally, I'm not worried about our Butte County because our farmers have been responsible. They have. But what happens is that we have a bank account that we don't understand. When we put water in our aquifer, we still don't understand it. I have, our own department tells us frequently that we don't understand the hydrology yet. So water is going under the Sacramento River, so we could be depositing over here all the time, but somebody has an ATM card to our bank account. 
and they're taking it out on the other side of the river. We've heard that Butte County is utilizing 20% less water now, that farmers are using less water, and that's true. We've also learned through Land IQ's report that there's less acreage that's been planted and that that's going to go down. So with 10,000 acre feet, which is less than 3% or 3 to 4% of all the groundwater utilized, do we need a, a Tuscan water district at a cost of $500,000 a year before they do anything? And if we decide that they're going to, if they decide that one of their projects is a pipeline project, that's a, it, it could be a $200 million project. And I've heard the proponents say, yeah, but we will deal with 94% of that or 96% of that. That's still a lot of money for anybody in that district. And whose work are we doing? Are we doing the work of the states so that Chico can grow? Is that what we're putting on the backs of the farmers? Is that, is that the plan? I don't know. I just would wonder why a group of farmers would want to take on such an enormous task in many ways if they're going to move surface water. I heard it put this way that if you build the freeway, the state will come because there'll be an emergency. There'll be something that they say they need the water and now the infrastructure's there. So I'm just telling you what after two years of following all of this and trying to get answers and, and reading everything I can, the final thing I'll say is that this is all about improving California's groundwater market. The California Water Commission has straight up said that this is what we're doing. Sigma is all about creating a groundwater market. That's what they're doing. You cannot sell something unless you know how to measure it. So that's why they had to have all of the basins measure what they have. Because there are basins that have groundwater and there are basins that do not. And we happen to be living in a ground, in a basin that has water. And everyone's looking to us. Because we're the last pretty much intact aquifer. And we do need to protect it. And I believe we do all need to come together to do this. I just don't know if TWD is the right way to do it. If it were not a one-acre, one-vote district, I would have less fear about that. But I do believe that consolidating um, power into a small group of people puts everyone in jeopardy. Thank you, Supervisor Lucero, for carrying forward the question that hasn't been answered and is part of the requirement of starting a California special water district. Is it needed? The TWD application implies the district is being formed because the groundwater sustainability agencies can't do the work. This is false. They can and will, with or without, the Tuscan Water District. We end our show with North State Symphony Music Director Scott Seaton. After the symphony's first public performance since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic lockdowns, here on People Power Radio. <laughs> Joseph Really?
I'm here with Scott Seaton, the uh, music director for North State Symphony after the first show here in Chico. Why don't you give us a little lowdown on how you feel after being back on the stage after 18 months? You know, it's uh, it's been such a long time coming that you know none of us really knew how to do it. Yeah. So the the fact that we get to to learn how to be performing musicians again is is truly a special thing, and learn how to channel that that creative energy and to 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 really be a, you know this conduit for what the composer wanted. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of tasks, but they they certainly rose to the occasion, and uh, you know it's so much fun to make music with them again. Yeah, it was, and it was kind of fun. It wasn't at all. I was expecting a, you know, quote unquote, a full-blown symphony. But what we had tonight was almost like they took the, the, the short orchestra out of a play that's using the pit, and they put it on stage, and they had a wonderful. It's kind of like you really accompany it to a play and a, and some dancers. Why don't you describe the performance a little? Exactly. You'll probably do it a little better than that, maybe. Oh, no problem. Yeah. So the circumstance of this piece, yeah. 1918 was a very difficult year for yeah. Stravinsky. You know, we had yeah. World War One, we had yeah. Russian Revolution, and then. Why, the reason we programmed was the global pandemic. He had to find a way to make money. Mm -hmm. So he and a couple other artistic partners of his figure out a way that in Switzerland to create something on a small scale to be able to travel around to various towns and actually make some money. And, and that was the result, Soldier's Tale. As you can tell, if you really listen to the text, there's so much meaning behind it. There's, mm -hmm. there's so much that we take away. I mean, the biggest, obviously, is to just appreciate what we have. And, uh, but there, there are many takes on war. I'm sure you could come away with this piece as well and how Stravinsky right. was just, his life was torn apart by everything going on, not being able to return to Russia until 1962. So there you have it. Any closing comments? I uh, just very excited to be on stage again, talk to you know amazing people like yourself, to, to feel the energy of live yeah. performance and uh, can't wait till our next one. That was a lot of energy. Thanks, Scott Seaton.